Hi, this is Kim Polishuk and Jen Giffen, hosts of Shooks and Giff, the podcast, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual host. Be sure to check out all of our other great podcasts by visiting edupodcastnetwork.com. And get ready, because the learning begins in three, three two, two, one. Welcome to Kindergarten Chaos, the Developmentally Appropriate Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to Kindergarten Kiosk. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Kathy. <laughs> and today we have an amazing guest. We have Vanessa Levin of PreKPages.com and she's going to talk to us about some tips for new teachers. Oh, I love that. I think our new teachers will really enjoy this one. So anyway, I'm Vanessa Levin and I am super excited to be here. And I spent 20 years um, in the early childhood classroom, um, public pre-K for those of you that have that, or TK if you're in California. And um, it was my passion, it was my, my heart, it still is. And I especially enjoyed working with students um, in, of at-risk populations and children who were dual language learners. So that's kind of my forte. And um, in 2001, they told me I had to create a teacher, a, a website for the parents, right? Uh-huh. And uh, being the um, type A teacher that I am, I, <laughs> I raised my hand and I said, okay, when will you teach us how to do that? And I said, Oh, we'll get to that later. But then they tied it to our teacher evaluation and I was freaking out. So I took it upon myself to create my own website over the summer (laughs) and um, no parent visited it. Nobody, (laughs) no parent ever came to that website, but teachers found it. Can you believe that? So teachers started finding it and we started connecting online and it grew into what it is today, which is pre-K pages, which has always been the name, even when it was my classroom website, that's always been the name, pre-K pages. And now I get to help teachers all over the world uh, teach better, save time, and live more through the blog, and also through my free Facebook group, and through my membership site, The Teaching Tribe, in all different kinds of ways. So that is where I am today. And I am, I feel very blessed to be able to um, do this and to help teachers and kids all over the world. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's, awesome. Awesome. that's an awesome story. I love that. <laughs> it's so exciting to just hear how, how things happen for people. And, and sometimes it just seems like it's the time in your life to do something and you don't even know where it's going to take you, but you go for the ride anyway. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I, I specifically created it for parents and no parent ever visited. So, but, it, but I found a different audience and I connected with people in different ways. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's really turned into a great thing. So I'm super excited. That's really cool. And the website, your website is prekpages.com, right? That's right. Yes. It's, it, it was on Yahoo. You're probably not old enough to remember this, but it was on Yahoo GeoCities for a year, which was like Blogspot. 
You were GeoCities? I know. That's I'm old like, school. It is. I'm like a dinosaur. <laughs> and then I, I just, I got my own domain name because in 2001, they were dirt cheap. Mm-hmm. And I just decided it was too hard to remember yahoo.geocities.com. <laughs> so. Yeah. That's funny. It's funny when you run into a GeoCities website nowadays, it's like, what am I looking at? <laughs> still exists? I've run into a couple and it's weird. It's oh, just wow. weird. <laughs> Interesting. I wonder if I can try to log into my old one. Yeah, you should see if you can log in and get into your old GeoCities page. That would be, that would be a blast from the past. <laughs> exactly. So you are here to tell us some tricks to saving time and being more efficient as a teacher, which I'm really excited about because I started teaching at at like 21 years old. And I remember waking up at 6 a.m. and going to work and coming home at 6 p.m. and still feeling like I was failing all the kids because I hadn't done enough, but I was spending 12 hours a day in the classroom. So I, I think this is a great topic, especially for new teachers, because it's going to be so overwhelming. Absolutely. You just described me to a T. I mean, that's definitely my first year as well. And I think every teacher goes through that um, at some point in their career and so what I did was, you know, my, my mission at Pre-K Page is to help teachers teach better, save time, and live more. So everything I do at Pre-K Pages is designed with that, um, that overarching goal. And so what I did was um, I wanted to be really helpful and serve teachers. And so I just pulled kind of like the highlights of things that I wish I had known mm-hmm. when I first started teaching so that I wouldn't have had to have spent those 12 hours or more a day in the classroom and the weekends. We forgot to mention the weekend. Oh yeah. yeah. (laughs) And I remember going with, I was sick as a dog and I went with a can of Coke and a, and a package of saltine crackers because I didn't know how to make sub plans. (laughs) So I went. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Teaching can be lots of fun. (laughs) Yes, it's exactly true. So Um, What I found with my work, working with teachers over the years, is that there are some things that we we should spend time on, right? And there's other things we don't necessarily need to spend time on, but we don't always know what those are in the beginning. We don't know the difference between the two, so that's why we do hashtag all the things, right? So um, I thought that this this little um, uh, free ebook that I put together called... um, Teaching Hacks, Seven Simple Ways to Save Time in the Classroom and Get uh, Weeks of Your Year Back. I put this together specifically to give teachers that information so that they can work smarter instead of harder, which is what you and I both have done. And I think everyone's done that. So um, people can download this for free. And so one of the first things I did, and this is, of course, you can probably relate to this. The first thing I did was uh, my first year on the first day of school all the parents walked in on the first day and they basically bombarded me (laughs) with 8 million questions, right? That I didn't know the answers to. None of them. I didn't know the answers to any of that. What basal series are you using? What, what reading level can my, can I expect my child to be at? You know, uh, (laughs) I didn't know, you know, so 
I think setting the stage for success, because then what happened was then some of the parents, because I was new, they went to the principal and they're like, she doesn't know what she's doing. <laughs> and oh my goodness, it was just such a rough year for me. Um, I had no idea they were going to ask things like that. So I think putting together like some kind of a parent informational thing before school starts that, um, and you can do it at any time, really. I mean, because it's always going to make your life easier. That includes anything and everything they could possibly need to know, right? But as new teachers, you might not know exactly what is everything they need to know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of laid it out for you, um, what they might need to know. And then, um, yeah, so it really, really helped me because then I could refer back to it. I could give it to them and I could say, you know, oh, well, on page five, <laughs> you know, it just, it made them feel better and it made me feel more confident. And um, it, it's really helped because if you have a rough start, you know, the rest of your year is kind of like pushing the boulder uphill, right? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. So I call it setting the stage. So, <laughs> right. Um, well, that's the nice thing about being able to find a collaborative partner, either in your building or somebody mm -hmm. online like you who can help right. you in the beginning because you're, you're right. You don't always know, but if you can find somebody that you trust to collaborate with, to say, mm -hmm. here's all the things you need to tell parents to get them on yeah. your side, that makes it so much smoother at the beginning. Absolutely. And so many teachers don't have another teaching partner in some places that they're the teacher, the only teacher of that grade level, mm -hmm. you know? And so that makes it tough too. I know that was my situation as I was the only teacher of that grade level mm -hmm. and and so who do you go to? Exactly. <laughs> when to go to. Exactly. And the answer to a lot of the questions was we didn't have a basil series. <laughs> there, was, <laughs> there were like no supplies in the classroom. There were, you know, the usual. Yeah, nothing. Surprise. Nothing. <laughs> you just have to create this magic out of, out of dust. So, so yeah, I think that little tips like this. And so you could totally collaborate with your teaching partners. Um, and I have a little template that I created that you can use to kind of guide. Like these are the questions that over in my 20 years of teaching that guaranteed I get asked several times every year, <laughs> you know, and some things you would never expect them to ask. So what are some things that you, uh, that would surprise people that parents ask? Oh, well, sometimes we as teachers may assume that parents know when school starts and ends. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> if it's your first child, you probably don't know. Mm -hmm. And so on one of my first days in the beginning of my teaching career, I didn't tell people that. Didn't tell the parents, and they didn't ask. And so on the first day of school... I stayed until 6 p.m. because, not because I was busy, but because I had children who didn't get picked up. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Little things like that. You know, don't forget to send lunch money on the first day if you're not packing a lunch. Things like that that, you know, if you're a parent, you're very overwhelmed and you have, you know, you have so many things going on during the beginning of the year. And sometimes these things slip through the cracks. These so. little nitty gritty scheduling things. Yeah, some of those things like times and, you know, um, these things that every, every time it would happen, I'd be like, I'm putting that 
in <laughs> handout. adding this to my handout. <laughs> I'm adding this. So I have carefully curated this list over the years. And I think I can say I've gotten almost every question addressed. <laughs> the only question that I had had people tell me in the most recent years that they like to see added is a cell phone policy because some parents think sending their kindergartners and preschoolers to school with a cell phone is acceptable. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's so strange. <laughs> I know. So strange. Have you ever had a preschooler with one of those little watches that they can call mom with? Have you run no. into those? Oh, but I heard them. You've heard them? <laughs> yeah, I had I, I've seen a couple of those around that mom can call you on the watch. I don't know how I feel about those yet. <laughs> I don't know either. I don't know. <laughs> So that's my first hack is to really just set yourself up for success because no one else is going to do it for you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's the thing about teaching is you're kind of on your own a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. um, and then this, the next one is um, like in my situation, I was in a school where we didn't have anything. Like I said, we just had to create the magic out of the dust in the corners. Mm -hmm. um, so some kind of curriculum guide, some kind of a curriculum pacing guide, Sometimes schools will have them, a lot of public schools will have them, but not always for preschool and kindergarten, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes they right. think education starts in first grade and it goes up. Mm -hmm. So sometimes they're not included. And other times you're in a situation like I was where it's up to you to create that, honey, you know? <laughs> and then you're like, uh, yeah, I didn't take that class in college. Um, so <laughs> yeah, so like what goes into a pacing guide, like what, what are the things I should be teaching? And so then I have a little outline here of, um, what you might consider putting in your own pacing guide, how you can put one together yourself. And then if you teach prepay, I do have a free one that you can download and take a look at, but you, there's also an editable template that you can tweak because every state and every area has their own, you know, little, mm -hmm differences. So, um, but that would have helped me immensely. Yes. Um, my first year. So, um, and that's something that that's a huge undertaking for anyone, yes. any teacher, not just a first year teacher. So mm -hmm. you have to kind of, um, have some experience doing that. So mm -hmm. I've kind of done all the hard work. It takes the guesswork basically out of your planning. So that puts the parents at ease too. If you can say, Oh yes, we'll be covering that in week four or, <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So you can kind of have a roadmap for the year for everybody to be, be on the same page. And yes, but it doesn't have to be the same for every teacher in the whole world. I mean, we all have different guidelines and standards and different things that we have to do. Um, and different communities that we're serving. And, yeah. Yeah. But having something, whether it's given to you by the district or whether you create it yourself or whatever. Um, and then the next one is lesson plans. What did you use to lesson plan your first year? Oh my goodness. I, <laughs> I was trying to use everything I'd learned in my class on making lesson plans and write a fresh lesson plan. And I started in fourth grade. So I was trying to write a fresh lesson plan for every subject oh. every single day. Oh. And I about died. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was horrible. Yeah. That is, yep, exactly. Yep. And then there's some teachers that, you know, they buy a teacher planner at the store to, you know, that you write in and 
let me tell you, I, I think I got carpal tunnel my first year <laughs> writing my lesson mm-hmm. plan and week after week because so much of it's repetitive. Mm-hmm. And it was eating into my very precious time, you know? Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I think digital is always better when it comes to lesson plans these days, but also you have to, you have to work smarter, not harder. And yeah, I've, I know there's some places that require those types of lesson plans you just talked about. And those are, those are what we call teacher burnout um, <laughs> gateways there, gateways to burnout. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a lot. Um, but anyway, I, I have a little uh, template that people can look at um, or you can look at it and make your own, but it kind of gives you an idea of what your lesson plan might look like. Cause that's one of the most common questions I get. Mm-hmm. I'm a brand new teacher and I have to turn in lesson plans but in college, all I learned how to do was... Was the big, big lesson plan. And yeah. Yeah. And my principal doesn't want that. He or yeah. she wants like a two-page thing for the whole week. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah. Uh, so I have a little template um, for folks that they can look at or they can make their own. Um, I started out, of course, making my own because there weren't any digital lesson plans that existed back in those days. Um, so I made one in Word, and then I went on to use it for many years after that. But it saved me so much time after I got carpal tunnel. <laughs> um, so then that's the third hack. And then the fourth one is um, the activities. So like you've got your template, your lesson plan, you've got, you've got your parent uh, outline, you've got your... Um, what else did we say? Your pacing guide. So yeah. like, like, what do you teach? <laughs> like, and how do you deliver? How do you do it? <laughs> how do you do it? And, you know, we're used to in college having a professor, you know, giving us very clear expectations and guidelines as to what they're looking for. And so we're kind of performing to that. But when you're on your own and you're in a grade level that maybe you didn't student teach in, oh my. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, where do you get the ideas for these activities other than Pinterest? Because Pinterest <laughs> is great for looking at, but not always for the... All Pinterest the is also great for giving you anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> and taking up a lot of your time because then you're yeah. like, well, this one, no, no, this one, no, this one. And then two hours go by and yeah. Um, so activities. So where do you get these activities that you do with kids? And we also know that little kids learn better through hands-on methods. And so that's kind of my um, focus area and my specialty is always making everything I do hands-on because that's how they learn. And if they're not putting their hands on something three-dimensional, then they're probably not going to be as engaged and not going to learn as much. So mm-hmm. um, I have some, uh, I have millions of activities and ideas at Pre-K Pages. So yeah. I share some of those with you there. Yeah, just as a side note, I your website is wonderful. You have so many wonderful, wonderful activities. And I'm just curious if if just as a side note for a second, if you could just give us an insight to how you come up with an activity. Like think, what your process is. Right. So whenever I create an activity, or I usually do it with the children, or I've done it with the children before. And I like to experiment with them. Mm-hmm. And, and find ways to make them so engaging that kids ask to do it. If they're asking you to do it, then that must be a hit, right? Not all activities are a hit, right? You and mm-hmm. I have both done things. Oh, yeah. 
not going to do that one again. (laughs) Exactly. So, um, I find that there's certain things that I know if I put into an activity that my kid, that my kids will like. So like, for example, I love those pocket cubes. You know what I'm talking about? They're soft and squishy Oh yeah. Uh-huh. and they're like a dice, but they have pockets on them. Mm-hmm. I put those into an activity with, you can do them with literacy, with math, with anything. I knew I pretty much could get their attention because they were going to be tossing it and throwing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And they uh-huh. really liked that. Um, anything with like a fly swatter where they could hit something, <laughs> you know, um, like read and write around the room or um, uh, bingo dot markers. They love those bingo daubers. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's three, anything three dimensional that they could touch and manipulate. I think that when I look at, an activity for pre-K pages that I always try to take that into consideration. There has to be a three-dimensional component to it in the more three-dimensional components, the better. They also have to be easy uh, for teachers to get their hands on and they can't cost a lot because we, we also don't have all the money. <laughs> no. <laughs> so that's kind of the, the criteria that I, that I look for when I'm putting things on pre-K pages or creating things for pre-K pages is, because, because we know that kids learn better that way. They just, right. they're engaged, they're more engaged. They're happier when they're happier. They're learn, they learn more. It's all about that hands-on aspect. So mm-hmm. I think that's, I hope that answers your question. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's a great insight. It's always nice to know when you're looking for ac- activities that somebody has field tested them too. Right. <laughs> they're, yeah. These are field tested in the wilds of pre-K. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Um, one thing, I don't know if you experienced this your first year or not, but I find that a lot of teachers struggle with this, not just new, new teachers. It's like organizing all the stuff because mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that go with teaching, right? You need those, like I just talked about hands-on, right? Well, mm-hmm. if we're going to use hands-on things, we have to have somewhere to put them. Yeah. <laughs> And one thing I found with teachers I was working with was that a lot of the, t- the extra time that we were spending in the classroom was actually spent preparing those hands-on lessons, but we were looking for the materials mm-hmm. to go with the hands-on lessons. But because we were always so busy, not everything was like organized. And mm-hmm. so we were spending more time looking for the pocket cube than we actually did <laughs> writing the lesson. Yeah. So, I found that when you're super organized um, in the classroom, that it actually saves you time. So I know that sounds kind of weird to some people, like, because it takes time to get organized, but it pays off big time in the long run. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the things that I did um, all throughout my teaching career was I just kept improving my organization process or an organization process and skills over and over and over until I could find like, okay. Have you seen bird, that bird thing on Netflix? What is that? The bird thing where she's wears a blindfold all the time. Yeah, I could. Oh, yes. 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 What's that called? The the bird box movie. Yeah, there you go. Yes. If you put a blindfold on me, I could have found anything in my room. That's what <laughs> I was trying to make. But if I had known the name of the movie, it would have been better. <laughs> but yes, that, that way you can get all the things you need together and you don't have to stay until midnight in your classroom. So have you found, just as a side note, I, I, uh, one of my teammates, 
I just moved schools and one of my new teammates is a professional organizer. <laughs> and I'm very intimidated by that, but very blessed at the same time. Yes. But just out of curiosity, how have you found is easiest for you? Because I know some people organize by month and some people mm-hmm. organize by subject and some people organize by type. What, what yep. works best for you? Well, for me, I like to organize by subject, but everybody's different. That's mm-hmm. what I've found. And what works for me doesn't work for the person next door. When it comes to like doing what you just said, like by month, by theme, by whatever, um, everyone has a favorite way to do it. And I say, whatever way is going to save you the most time <laughs> is the way that you should choose to do it. Because if it doesn't make sense to you, then you're going to have to spend time trying to figure it out when you're looking for it, right? Right. Yeah. So for me, I like to do it by subject. So I have my literacy stuff in one place, my math stuff in another, because I'm pulling literacy center activities and I'm pulling math center activities. So I want, you know, for those subject areas. So I like to keep them together, but that's what makes sense to me. It doesn't make sense to everybody. So um, I think that's the most important thing. But anyway, you're going to save oodles of time if you're super organized, but it is an upfront investment in time that's Mm going to payoff in the long run. It's not a quick fix, Mm -mm. but it's a way to shave some time off the hours in your day. And then, as you know, I know that you guys talk about assessment a lot, and I'm a huge ESGI fan. So if your assessment is, yes, (laughs) assessment is one of those things that is a huge time suck. And it's also a great source of stress for a lot of teachers because you're under a lot of pressure to get the assessments done and turn Mm -hmm. in the data. Um, And ESGI just streamlines that for you. So yeah, I am all about that. Um, yes. Yeah. I, I couldn't go back to testing any other way ever again. I can't yeah. go back. Right. Yeah. Once you've tried ESGI, most teachers I know will do anything to continue on with it, yeah. <laughs> including writing grants, doing oh, yeah. GoFundMes, whatever it is they can do because it's such a huge time saver. It that saves you so much time. And mm-hmm. I feel like I am so much more aware of my yes. students individually than I ever was before yes. and can pinpoint individual needs so much better because yes. it's all there and it's visual. And I think a lot of us teachers are super visual. So we certainly are. And I love, I love pie charts and graphs. And so mm-hmm. I'm all about those and I couldn't make one of those for a student on my own. How would I, I You'd be back to the 6 a.m., 6 p.m. schedule again. <laughs> or longer, yeah. So simple assessments, that's what I'm all about. And it also takes that burden off your shoulders, that stress, relieves a lot of the stress. And then you already mentioned the seventh one, and that's sub plans. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. <laughs> because I don't know if you experienced this, but my first year teaching, I was sick so much. I don't know. Oh. I was, I was so sick. I ran out of sick days so fast. Yeah. And then I married my husband like four years later and our whole first year of marriage, he was just sick as a dog. <laughs> our whole first year of marriage. Oh, the initiation process. He was initiated it. into the spouse of a teacher. Very, very. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> I also was very sick my first year. And um, then I moved states and it was like the bugs in the other state oh. were really different. And so I Got had it to- all over again. And I used up my sick days, like in, by January, they were all gone. Mm-hmm. And I, like you probably, I didn't want to call in sick because 
how do I tell people what my process is when I don't even know my process? Uh-huh. You know, so I kind of compiled like a little guide. Um, it's not, I, I don't believe in like sub tubs or anything like where you, you pull activities that are already done because everyone's kids are different, but like a guide of what you might include, you know, in your sub plans. So like it's a template, right? It's not like written for you because nobody knows your kids. Yeah, like you, do. you but don't you know. Just, yeah. You just input the information, you input your schedule. It's like, it's like an autofill form. So you just type it in once and then it fills throughout the document. So I have one of those, but you can also look, just look at the pictures to get an idea. If you want to, if DIY is always an option, there, there's nothing wrong with DIY um, <clears throat> to get an idea of the things that I put inside because it's going to save you so much time if you have those ready to go, because I'm sure you've had this, you're fine. At eight o'clock at night, one night, and the next morning, you wake up with 103 fever, mm-hmm. and yep. you can't drag yourself out of bed. So be prepared. That's be prepared. Don't be like me because I've had that before and had to email my coworker and be like, "Here's a terrible sub plan. Please put it on my desk." <laughs> yep. I've totally been there. Totally. <laughs> and it will make your year so much better, and you'll it'll make you get better faster when you're sick when you have um, something already planned because the extra stress that you're under and thinking about who's taking care of your babies, you know, when you're homesick and like, you know, oh, so-and-so needs his medication at noon and -and so-and-so goes to, you know, this aftercare program today, but I didn't write it down. You know, you're freaking out, right? Mm -hmm. And this just makes it so much easier. And every Friday before I left, I would have my lesson plans done and my sub plans would be updated with any new changes because because you never know. Never know. You never know. That's I a- just gave away the entire ebook, but if you have <laughs> future reference, I'm sure you'll put a link to it for them. Yes, here. I will. Yes, I definitely <laughs> will. We'll put a link to your free ebook so everybody can read through it. Because I know if I hear something presented, I always need to look at it visually again as a reminder. That's just how my brain works. Exactly. Yeah. So can I tell uh, folks about um, something fun that we have going on this summer? With yes, please. Yes. So I really, like I said, our mission at Preview Pages is to help teachers teach better, save time, and live more. So um, one of the things that always bothered me when I was teaching was that if I was teaching and I had to go for a conference or something, um, it was A, my school didn't like to pay for it. B, <laughs> um, I had to make sub plans, <laughs> right? And then, um, yeah, it was just hard. So one of the things I really want to do, one of my missions and my goals at Pre-K Pages is to um, make that process easier for teachers. So we have a free five-day conference this summer. It's free to watch. We have 20 speakers over the course of five days in it. We call it PD in your PJs. (laughs) And we have nationally known speakers. We have several speakers each day that teachers can tune in and watch for free. And, um, and they can earn uh, PD certificates too. And I was thrilled last year when we had 26,500 attendees. Wow. And our online summit, it's called the Sorta Success Summit. And I'm sure you'll put a link to that in here. Yeah. And um, I'll send you a link to it because the URL isn't quite the same. 
But all teachers need to do is to um, register, you know, it's free. And then if you want access to any of the afterwards recordings, like after it's live or anything, there is a fee for those. But we had thousands of teachers who attended for free during the live event. So um, they absolutely loved um, doing all of this from the comfort of their own home in their PJs if they wanted to. <laughs> so we'd love to have you and anyone else join us this summer, July 15th through the 19th for the Sword of Success Summit. That's amazing. That's so awesome that you're doing that. And, and I, I'm really excited about that too, because I feel like as, as a early childhood people, mm -hmm. you don't get a lot of opportunities for professional development that are targeted to you. Yeah. And uh, I just, I just went to some last year and they were way over my level. So right. Yeah. In the early childhood realm, a lot of times in the public school system, we get overlooked and we get overlooked pretty much, I'd say 95% of the time. Yeah. So um, that's why I think these were so popular because yeah. we sit in a lot of training that's not appropriate for us. Um, and so this is geared towards everybody. And we had a great response last year and I can't wait to do it again. We're already more than halfway through the planning phases. Everything is, um, all, the, all the parts and pieces are falling into place. And so we're just so excited about it. That's so awesome. Yeah, I will definitely make sure to put a link because that is an amazing opportunity. That's fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. Well, hey. thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Yeah, it's been awesome. And tell us your website one more time. It's pre-kpages.com, like pre-k pages.com. But we have seen a lot of things there that are applicable to kindergarten teachers oh, as well. Yes. We have a lot of TK teachers as well. Yes, I have borrowed many of your things. <laughs> Great. already <laughs> we have hundreds of free printables over there as well because we've been around for so long we have a, like a library of freebies <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome well thank you so much yes right. it's been lovely talking with you and i appreciate the opportunity thanks for listening everybody kindergarten kiosk is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, a network of podcasts for educators, by educators. For more information, visit edupodcastnetwork.com. That's E-D-U podcastnetwork.com. Now can I listen to it?